1982, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Father Reynaldo Rivera goes missing after supposedly delivering last rites to an ailing man. Two years later, another reverend goes missing in an unrelated case in a completely different state, but the similarities may have ended up linking both crimes. As the decades went on, more details were revealed that shed some doubt on the cases being related, and the time spent investigating the link may leave both mysterious cases unsolved and an unknown killer, randomly targeting Catholic priests on the loose. Welcome to Myths, Mysteries, and Monsters. The world is full of myths passed down from generation to generation. Mysteries haunt us. Monsters hunt us. Today, we're looking at the murder of Father Reynaldo Rivera in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the disappearance of Reverend John Patrick Kerrigan in Ronan, Montana. We'll look at each case, its investigations, and the theories behind both to determine whether or not both are connected. Part 1. Last Rites In Christianity and Catholicism, last rites are the final prayers and services given to those on the verge of death. Many see this as their final opportunity to repent for their sins, allowing them to enter heaven. When asked, priests sometimes go to great lengths to ensure those on their final breaths are given their last rites before they pass. On August 7, 1982, Michael Carmelo was in need of last rites, not for himself, but for his ailing grandfather. During a late night drive, his grandfather had become severely ill, feeling an impending death. They stopped at a rest stop outside of Waldo, New Mexico, so Michael could look for a phone to call the nearest church. Several miles away, the phone rang at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Francis. Father Patrick Gerard answered the phone and listened to the play of Michael. With it being after 9 p.m., Father Gerard explained to him he could not safely drive at night due to his eyesight, but he had an idea. If Michael could call back in a few minutes, Father Reynaldo Rivera would be available to take his call and perhaps his request. As instructed, Michael called back and Father Rivera answered, agreeing to deliver the last rites to his grandfather. Father Rivera grabbed his items and let Father Gerard know he would be heading to Michael's blue pickup truck at the rest stop near Waldo and would return shortly. Father Rivera never returned. For the next few days, many joined the search for the reverend, but as the days went on, hope diminished he would be found alive. Three days after he went missing, Father Rivera's lifeless body was found two miles from the rest stop. He was 57 years old at the time of his death. Father Rivera had been shot once in the chest, and there was evidence he had been tied and strangled with a wire, possibly a metal hanger. Investigation of the rest stop revealed the payphone that was supposedly used to bring Rivera there wasn't in service at the time. Police then found the name Michael Carmelo was made up. The entire thing had been a setup. Within days, the FBI offered to give a psychological profile of the killer, and along with the Santa Fe Police Department, they believed there were at least two killers who were out for revenge. Not revenge against Father Rivera, but revenge against any Catholic priest. Investigators also believed the killers wanted the body to be found. Instead of hiding or burying his body anywhere in the desert, they chose to leave him out in an open pasture. Furthermore, after Father Rivera's car was found, the police were able to rule out a robbery gone wrong, as it didn't appear that anything of monetary value was stolen. The only thing taken was his last rites kit, which the FBI attributed to the killers wanting to keep a souvenir. A further search of the car showed it had been wiped completely clean of any prints, except a palm print which led police to believe it belonged to a 39-year-old man who was let out on parole 
three days prior to the murder and spotted one day before in Santa Fe. But he was soon cleared when his palm print didn't match and his alibi checked out with other witnesses. Over the next four months, the police cleared other suspects, including a pair who had been accused of killing a priest in Arizona, a man who had been suspected of killing a priest in Texas, and another man who bragged about killing a priest in Sacramento. Without any witnesses and exhausting all of their leads, the police could do no more. Until, two years later, when another seemingly related disappearance happened over a thousand miles away. Part 2. A Second Connected Disappearance On July 18, 1984, 58-year-old Reverend John Patrick Kerrigan was transferred from the town of Plains, Montana to the Sacred Heart Catholic Church at Ronan, Montana. Not much is known of what Kerrigan did for the next two days, besides getting settled into the small town. But on July 20th, on his way back home from a jog, he stopped off at a bakery before vanishing. Three days later, Kerrigan was reported missing after not showing up for mass for two straight days. That same day, his blood-stained clothes and a bent metal hanger were found five miles from Ronan near the side of a highway. Police were then able to rule out robbery as Kerrigan's wallet along with $200 were mixed in with his clothing. A week later, his car was found miles away, containing bloodstains and a bloody shovel in the trunk. But despite continuing searches, Kerrigan's body was never found. In 1985, police reported they had a possible suspect under surveillance, but no arrests were ever made. Attempting to look into Kerrigan's past, Montana detectives traced his previous whereabouts to New Mexico in 1983, where they learned of Father Rivera's murder. This opened a door to the possibility both were connected and targeted by a serial killer looking to kill Catholic priests. Both cases included many similarities, including involving a metal hanger during the course of the crime. Both occurred during the summer. Both reverends were around the same age. Both cars were brown Chevys and were found miles from their home, appearing to have been used to transport the bodies. But looking into Kerrigan's past revealed he had his own dark secrets which began to throw doubts in any connection between the two cases. As the Montana Police Department attempted to link Kerrigan and Rivera together during Kerrigan's time in New Mexico, they continuously came to roadblocks from church officials. Kerrigan had been transferred multiple times to multiple churches over the last few years prior to his disappearance, and church officials refused to say why, besides stating he had been in New Mexico for further education. With no further details, the police were unable to link both crimes and investigators themselves were divided as to if both were even connected. The lack of evidence and leads left investigators stumped and opened the door to various theories. Part 3. The Theories We know why the investigators believe the cases to be linked. The similarities between both are hard to ignore, but let's look at how they are different. First, the bodies or lack thereof. Father Rivera's body was found out in an open pasture, leading detectives to believe his killers wanted his body to be found. This is in direct contrast to Kerrigan's body never being recovered. For the crime scenes, the use of a metal hanger is only suspected in Father Rivera's case, while confirmed in Kerrigan's case. Kerrigan's car and clothing had multiple bloodstains, while Rivera's car was wiped clean and no bloodstains were reportedly left in or around the car. The men themselves were also found to have no connection and were found to not have crossed any paths at any point in their lives, including the three months Kerrigan spent in New Mexico. 
In Father Rivera's case, he didn't appear to be targeted specifically, as the killers called looking for any priest available to give last rites. A theory that was considered early on and reported by the Santa Fe New Mexican paper was the idea that a satanic cult may have been behind Father Rivera's murder. Father Rivera's own brother, Fred Rivera, also believes this to be the case. During the search for his brother, Fred and others found a cave nearby that appeared to have been used for satanic worship. Though, it is important to note, the murder occurred during the height of the satanic panic, a time where hysteria swept through the United States, leading many to falsely believe devil worship and rituals were causing negative impacts on society. The police also quickly ruled out this theory, as they could not find any ritualistic markings on Father Rivera or anywhere near where his body was found. It could be argued Father Rivera's murder was a senseless murder by a group who wanted revenge on the Catholic Church, taking out their anger on any priest. But in Kerrigan's case, his past shed some light on why some would have wanted him dead. In 2015, it was revealed why the church officials in 1984 were so keen on not giving any more information on Kerrigan's transfers for further education. A class action lawsuit from 2011 forced the Diocese of Helena to publish a list of priests and nuns accused of sexual abuse. John Patrick Kerrigan was on that list. Instead of removing him completely from the church or contacting authorities, church officials elected to move Kerrigan around to avoid punishment. In fact, his assignment at Ronin was his 13th assignment since being ordained, never staying in one place for more than six years before being forced to move. With this information, it's not difficult to see why someone who was failed by the system or witnessed the injustice and abuse would have wanted to take matters into their own hands. In the end, we may never know what happened to both Father Rivera and Kerrigan. Was it a random act of violence and a targeted act of revenge for past evils done unto others? Or were both just opportunistic killings? No new information has been released publicly since 2015 on either men, but police do have details they are holding on to in both cases just in case a new lead opens. Until then, both cases will continue to be mysteries. But how about you? Do you think the cases are actually linked by a killer? Or are both separate cases with some coincidental similarities? Thank you for joining me in today's episode of Myths, Mysteries, and Monsters. My name is Hector. Script and research is done by E.L. Soto. Sources are in the show notes for further reading. Do you have a myth, mystery, or monster you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at mythsmysteriesmonsters at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the episode, Consider leaving us a rating, a review, or subscribe for more. And remember, always look behind you.